Hi, and welcome to our podcast, There's No Business Like No Business. We'll have conversations with all types of people in the live events industry to see what's been going on, or not, over the last year, and what hopefully we'll be looking forward to soon. We'll expand this a bit to see how the COVID downturn has affected our friends in the worlds of performing arts, travel, and hospitality. As a matter of fact, we'll talk to just about anyone. Here to guide us along the way are your hosts, Dave Eveson and Andrew Douglas. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Dave. How are you? How are you this fine day? You know when somebody starts by saying hello, they're the one who gets to say, how are you first? I don't know if you know that. So who said hello first? I did. did, did, I said, hello, Andrew. And then you said, hello, Dave. And then you said, how are you? But that was my- Get on with it. uh, How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is uh, episode number six. We are just at the tail end of the, the Easter week post-week, I guess it is. So this is Friday night, and it's a very unusual time for us to do this podcast. It is like darn near 10.23 in the evening on a Friday night, and guess what I possibly have had this evening? Uh, I'm thinking a cocktail, brown liquid perhaps? Yes, correct. Ah, yes. Correct. That'll happen, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, it, It was actually, for me, it was anniversary birthday week for me, which means it's Christy's birthday on the 7th and our wedding anniversary on the 8th. And I understand from me totally not remembering A, Christy's birthday or your 10th anniversary. Ten, oh, did I just blow it? Yeah, I did. Okay. Tell me what anniversary it was. It was the 10th anniversary. Get Dave. out. That's a Get great out. guess. You should have bought your lottery ticket today. <laughs> well, if I did, I would get another bottle of Whistle Pig which is what I'm drinking right now. Excellent. Yeah. Yes, today, uh, sorry, yesterday was our 10th wedding anniversary. Uh, so once we got through the shock of waking up th- and understanding that we put up with each other for a decade of marriage, I have never once given Christy a birthday anniversary present. I couldn't stand that as a child when it was like, oh, no, 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 we'll just combine that. We'll make it a birthday Christmas present. No. So that's the one thing that I've always tried to do for, for birthday anniversary week is just make sure that you've got two things. Any hint on what it was, what they were? Oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> but you would have had them already. Oh, this is going downhill fast, let me tell you. So let me uh, just say your wedding was beautiful. You know, I, it was... That was a fantastic experience, and I am really glad that you could be there with Belinda. Um, as as you know, it was it was quite small, and I and the only person that I know that got married on show site on a dark day with client <laughs> and <laughs> the the client. Uh, tell tell everybody what happened the night of your wedding. That was pretty I mean, phenomenal. Just, so, just, just the, the, the things you can tell us. Right. Okay. Hold on. Just a moment of dead air while I collect my thoughts. 
and go. So, uh, yeah, that, that was fantastic. We, we finished the ceremony and we went off to take pictures, which you were a part of, which uh, a number of people don't know that, that uh, were somewhat related being stepbrothers for the last 40 plus years. So we finished the, the ceremony, we go take pictures and the client has done a, a small reception for us with them, which is absolutely fantastic. And we think, well, this is great. We can we can head off and relax and go for a walk on the beach. And uh, and the client comes up to me and he says, "Well, you know, you're going to be here for. You've already been here a week. You're going to be here for another week. You get one day off, and you're getting married on your day off. So there's a car waiting for you out front. You need to get off property. And lo and behold, there's a there is a car out front, and the car takes us to a private villa over the ocean outside of Los Cabos and we have a private chef who makes us dinner and we have the house, this beautiful house with a pool to ourselves for the night and the only caveat was I had to be back at work at 2 p.m. the next day it was <laughs> it was a huge surprise I, I, I I'm still at a loss for words 10 years later and that was uh, our dear friend Jamie Saunders may he rest in peace poor guy yeah, yeah, it's uh, still to this day um, the laughs that that I had with Jamie and and just a phenomenally generous, uh, uh, just just in general a fantastic human being. Uh, yeah, and it, it was it was really sad to hear that he went. Uh, you know, that was that was quite a shock to to many people. Mm -hmm. um, it was also actually the time where I introduced. Belinda, and a little side story, I went up to Belinda. She's like the most private person in the world. And I went up to her yesterday and I said, you know, on this podcast, I keep calling you my partner, my partner this, my partner that. Do you mind if I just use your name? And she goes, yeah, yeah, okay. So there you go. So I, I said, I won't, I won't say where you live. I won't I just say... <laughs> Belinda. With you. So now she's got a name. My partner has a name, and her name is Belinda. Anyway, uh, and she so, does live with you. She so does live they with. They know so, where she lives. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so that was also the time that I w I introduced her to sipping tequila, and yes. she she couldn't stand tequila. So a little sangrita and a little Don Julio añejo, and I, I, she has cost me literally thousands of dollars in tequila in the last 10 years <laughs> because that is her go-to drink. She loves, you know, when we're up at the cottage, she'll have a little shot and a little, I have got to make her her little sangrita and, and, uh, and there, there you go. I know somebody else actually who, who enjoys a beverage or two. Really? Yeah. And it might be our guest. And I think it's time that we, it is what, what are, 7, 38, 7 minutes and 38 seconds we've been talking about basically nothing. So it's time to talk oh, about thanks, something. thanks. I appreciate that. No, no, my God, my God, I take that back. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was profound. It was amazing. <laughs> it was an amazing discussion about your, I didn't mean your, your uh, anniversary was nothing. Hey, Christy, it was very good. Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations on your anniversary. Anyway, here's our friend. I will read this out and excuse me if I don't get this quite right. I may stop and stumble. It's Friday night at 1030. It is. Ryan McClure, and I will just read out here. 
Ryan McClure is a busy, busy guy. When we all sleep, he's up working. Well, that's because he lives on the other side of the world. Well, Ryan earned an MBA from the Ivy School of Business at Western University. He specializes in marketing, consulting, digital marketing, advertising, and market research. He's the managing director at 2MC360 Digital Marketing and Communications Agency located in Hong Kong, Indonesia, where he lives, and Canada. He's also the co-founder of Skylark Solutions Information Technology and Services in Hong Kong, which specializes in virtual and augmented reality through their hologram tables, which create holograms up to 70 centimeters high. And the level of detail available is limited only by the data that you provide. And that is really what we want to talk to Ryan about today. And just when you thought he was done, he goes out and co-authors a book called The Cocktail Cool Bar Textbook for Bartenders. And we really want to talk to him about that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan McClure. Hey, guys. Hey! It's a great intro. Dave, Andrew, how are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're good. Fantastic. We're, we're good. It's, uh, it's our evening, so we're sipping some bourbon and uh, some rye, and you are having a Starbucks coffee in a mug for breakfast. With some Jameson's in it. Oh, oh fantastic. Oh. Yeah. It is Saturday. Is that in your book? Yeah. Breakfast yeah, it's, bourbon? It's not, breakfast Jameson? There's a whole section. Yeah, there's a whole <laughs> section. And it's, it's not day drinking unless you start at breakfast, guys. Come on. <laughs> you got to start at breakfast. How's the, uh, how's the good old weather there in Indonesia? Uh, it's tropical. It, we had a nice thunderstorm last night. It blew through. It was, it was a frigid 27 degrees during the night during the thunderstorm. So it's, it's going to go back up to 32, 33 today. What's, what's and, kind uh, of the coldest you would expect? I was shivering the other day. It went down to 25. And, and I was like, this is enough. All of a sudden, I had to go inside. For, and I'm not for joking. For our U.S. listener... That is not Fahrenheit. That's just true. That's know. true. Yeah. Yeah, because all the people in uh, the good old United States of America would be looking at Fahrenheit. So this is 85, 90 Fahrenheit. Uh, so it would drop down to 70. This is actually very similar to living in Miami or, or the likes. If it went down to 25 or about 70 something degrees it would be cold people would be wearing yeah. jackets it's pretty much like uh you know if you've been to barbados it's barbados weather you right. just don't have the access to the you still get the wind breeze because we're on the coast but yeah. uh yeah i feel like i'm bragging now I, i'm i'm <laughs> conscious of the fact well, that people are still seeing snow <laughs> i there's no snow left here uh, outside i think that went about uh, two weeks ago i can still ski so can you still ski? All. Like, are you I'm still skiing? What's your lockdown thing? Like, where, what, where, what zone are you in? Uh, we're not quite in in lockdown. It's uh, we we had opened up pretty much, and now they've shrunk it a bit. But it it's twenty five percent capacity indoors at restaurants. Uh, if you have a patio, it's still open and. Uh, the the mountain's been open all year, even in even in lockdown. Because it, and and I agree with it. If if there is a sport that is perfect for social distancing, it's skiing. Because if 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 your if your skis are touching another person's skis, you're too close. Yeah, and, I thought and that's six feet. Yeah, I thought it was solitaire would be the perfect thing to do 
for social distancing. Uh, uh, Ryan, tell me, tell me about yourself. How did you get to Indonesia and why did you get uh, to Indonesia? Okay. In a nutshell, nutshell. I was living in Taiwan. Uh, I was running a production studio and I was a regular at this great bar. Um, it was called FM. It was run by a guy named Mike Armstrong. Uh, who later became my business partner with Cocktail Cool. And um, I like the joke that it was partly because my, my tab was so high that we had to start a business to get rid of it. But it, <laughs> that's, that's a legendary uh, myth. Um, what happened was he was such a legend in his business, such a great bar, uh, attracting so much attention from the likes of Diageo and uh, other uh, brands, like uh, not, a, not the distributor, but the brand level. Uh, they were sending him off to mainland China to train the bartenders. And he would go off to, you know, they'd, they'd launch a new Ritz-Carlton in Shanghai and he'd go and train the bar staff how to make the signature drink because it was the Wild West over there. They didn't have that, uh, that level of skill at the time. So uh, what happened was he got really frustrated because they were sending him back to the same place. He'd go and train the Ritz staff and then all those guys would get cherry-picked by a new club that opened up down the road. So. I said, well, you know, why don't we just make a DVD of every drink that you show them how to make and we'll sell them the DVD and make off like bandits. And so that's what we started to do. And that's where the bartender training came in. Then we got into kind of glocalizing some of the larger marketing campaigns. So like Diageo rolled out the, the, new, franchi the new franchise reboot, 007, with, um, you know, what's his face, Jizzled Dude. Um, <laughs> Casino Royale, you know the the, the Casino oh, yeah, Royale. Yeah, yeah. We, we we always go to Andrew for for uh, movie questions. So okay, what's his <laughs> name, Andrew? Now now, now it's what time is it? Story. What's his name? It's Bond, James Bond. <laughs> it's Bond. That's his James name. Bond, yes. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Right? Yes. They roll out this campaign, and and the campaign includes a little pop up on bars and nightclubs with a roulette wheel and you're supposed to spin the roulette wheel and, and, it, and they're all James Bond martinis, including the Vesper martini, for example, his most famous one. And they didn't have any of the ingredients to make these drinks in Taiwan. So it was a complete, you know, it, it was terrible for the, for the company. So we, we were like, hey, we can help with that too. So we started like localizing the marketing campaigns, came out with the book just as a byproduct of all that. And as part of- uh, What do you mean by localizing? Well, you know, if, like they were going to do a campaign like that, we would get together with all of the brand managers. So like there would be the Captain Morgan's rum guy, all of the people in charge of each individual brand. Diageo owns like 67 premium brands. And uh, meetings there would start with drinking as well. They had a really nice bar in the office in Taipei. Long story short is they would say, here's the campaign as it came from the agency in the UK, like in London. We're going to roll it out now in Taichung. Taiwan and we'd you know be like oh uh, you know you may you, there's no lilet right, wine okay. available right yeah. so we would just make sure that it was proofed and then we would if it was kosher we would hold a, a big party so that was our, our big thing we would have uh, a party say like a promotion going on with ocean spray in Taiwan so we would have a pajama party two DJs two bands a lingerie fashion show and we would just like at a huge discount make ocean spray Smirnoff something right and, right and we would we would make that the default drink of the night or or baileys baileys and ocean spray yeah. 
I'll tell you, the Diageo guy showed me something cool. Is, is Bailey's and Coca-Cola. If you like a float, it sounds disgusting because it, it will separate, but then it's like almost like a, like a Coke float. When I was a kid, uh, people would go, ah, I'm not going to have a, like a malt, like a float. They say, I'm not going to have one of those. Those are gross. Then I had one with... What was it uh, vanilla, vanilla ice cream, <laughs> vanilla ice cream and Fanta orange. And it was like, uh, were those creamsicles? I don't know if you remember yeah. creamsicles when you were a kid. Oh my God. It was the best thing ever. Dave, back on point. Back, back on, on point. point. So I got off point. Sorry guys. How do I, how do I, how do I, you know, how do I end up in Indonesia? Oh, and by the way, it's Daniel uh, Craig. Daniel Craig. It is. There you go. Yes, it is. I'm going to take this little bit of the clip and edit it so it comes in right after when you said who is the james bond guy and we'll just go it's daniel craig and it will make us sound like we're like bang on answering all the that's questions. how they do it can you yeah can you it make is. it my voice can i just say it's daniel craig we'll record you all said you said andrew andrew is always the guy we go to for that and of course i went what what, what? <laughs> it's yeah, weird right? it's one of those names He's he's not a huge like celebrity across the no. board. He's just like the James Bond guy now. I like actors like that though. I like actors that yeah. keep a low profile and aren't. It's it's nice that he he does his stuff and he goes you know he he goes home and chills out and then exactly. comes out and does his stuff again. He's not like in the yeah. tabloids. Daniel Day Lewis, classic example, right? Yes, he's just like love Daniel I'm gonna Day-Lewis. embody. Yeah. And then just go study sculpture in Italy kind of thing. I'd like to see Daniel Day Craig. <laughs> just a combination. A really yeah. tough. In a sci-fi thriller. In a sci-fi <laughs> thriller. Right. And I hope there would be a lot of augmented reality in that and Ooh. some virtual reality. And that's what I really want to talk to you about. But I need to get you back. You've done your bartending thing. You've had these parties. I can bring it home for you. So we're going to Vegas, Vegas, baby, every year for the nightclub and bar show. It's the biggest convention in Vegas. And on one of these flights, the last one, we, we stop in Singapore and we pick up this beautiful woman. I still remember her meticulously painted toenails and she sits next to me. And so I had 14 hours to hit on who would become my wife. That poor girl. And got her. Uh, we got her. Yeah, we got off in L.A., and I said bye to her at the baggage claim. I, Mike and I stayed on a friend's boat in uh, L.A. Harbor, and she went on to Vegas where she was going to stay with her sister. She just left her job in marketing, and when we got off to Vegas, I you know, got her to go out for dinner. Long story short, we got married. She's Indonesian, and uh, I needed to know a little bit about Indonesia, so came here. The rest is history. That's amazing. That's incredible. So you, you followed your wife back to her home. There was some long distance dating. Um, I was in Wyoming for like six months. We were finishing off the book at the time. And I was, you know, this torturous existence, um, alone, taste testing bourbons. You know, we taste tested everything against Buffalo Trace bourbon. During this time, I actually met Fred No, the grandson of Jim Beam. Went to the Bardstown Bourbon con- you know, festival in Kentucky. Did a lot of stuff in the States and, and Siska, my wife, was always like, you know, sometimes meeting up, sometimes I would fly in for the weekend. You know, a Sunday night in Vegas, you can get a corner suite for a hundred bucks at the time yeah. if, you're, if you're, you know, in the off hours. So it was convenient to fly in and out. But um, when we eventually moved to Indonesia, 
I started in the media business here. I was working for the biggest integrated media conglomerate. This is be about 2008. And the, I was doing quite a few things, running, uh, wearing a lot of hats for, for the owner. And uh, he's like one of those legit Rupert Murdoch type of guys. He got a couple satellites. And uh, he had me running a luxury magazine brand and starting a TV show here. And then he's like, I really want to get into the native film industry. So I bought the North Korean embassy because they're not using it. And we're going to turn it into a post-production facility. And I'm like, okay. And we, you know, I spent six months getting that prepped for the board. And then the recession hit. And so like, now nah, this is canceled. And so I did some soul searching, moved back to Canada. You know, did the MBA, and uh, that's a, that's a master's in bourbon alchemy. Is that correct? <laughs> that's that works. That works. You can make some interesting stuff with bourbon. By the way, Buffalo Trace out. was the bourbon of choice for me this evening. I know you're still on your breakfast beverage, but uh, uh, you kidding me? The Buffalo Trace was. was isn't that isn't that crazy? Beverage. That's awesome. That's solid stuff. I would still. It's my go-to. It is. It is. It's a nice nice sipper. It's burger shout-out time. Today, I've got a shout-out in Chicago, Illinois, and that shout-out goes to Kuma's Corner. The original Kuma's Corner is on Belmont in Chicago, Illinois. However, they do have several other locations. Too many burgers to mention. Please check out kumascorner.com for locations and menus. Kuma's Corner, Chicago, Illinois. So now yeah, you're back I, in I love. now you're back in Canada. Well, it goes like this, okay? And and this is a great recipe for anybody who wants to get into unfocused tech exploration. Uh, out of university, undergrad, I went and lived in Japan for a year. And you really can't even order breakfast unless you learn Japanese. So I recommend you just go there and just learn Japanese. And then I moved to Taiwan. I was in Taiwan for seven years. Uh, told you a bit about the adventure there. I've been in Indonesia since 2011. And uh, we, we were doing so much work for, um, you know, like B2B, really boring internal marketing stuff, video and stuff for uh, like Telstra. My apologies to any clients who do B2B uh, work right now that are listening. listening. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. know, I love it. It's it's our focus. But, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, sharing on a podcast, like we did uh, anti-bribery compliance training video for uh, major telecom, right? That stuff, it's, it's, it's podcast killer. So I'm, I'm just kind of like scooting over it. Uh, no, the, the, the long story short to get to the tech side is um, we were in production and we had some great B2B uh, clients that pushed us to say, hey, you got a 360 camera? I'd like to try 360 video, experiential stuff. We got into that around the same time. I like to go home for the summer and my cousin Josh Jodry in Toronto is always at the cutting edge of stuff. He's a production guy too. And him and his business partner, Kareem, uh, started Virtual Reality TO, Virtual Reality, Virtual Reality Toronto. And every city has one of these virtual reality festivals, conferences, they have seminars and stuff. And I went to one. So I'm in there and, and my cousin's kind of one of the producers, he's really busy. 
And I'm walking around going, wow, you know, a lot of this stuff, if you've got production capacity, if you're already able to shoot and edit, then going to 360 video, going to virtual reality, you don't need to start from scratch. You can, you can kind of bolt on some of these skill sets and just start going. And, and the industry was so young then, still is young, but uh, you know, there was a couple kids there like 19 years old and they'd made a video game and they're trying to sell it at this, at this convention. I was like, that's exciting. You know, there's, there's room for that here. Yeah, it was it was a exciting time. A lot of that stuff's consolidated. So the, a lot of these little companies have been bought by Adobe or bought by other, you know, Facebook bought Oculus, and and now there's um, there, there's that normal consolidation of of things going on because it's that it's that um, level of evolution in the industry. But what we decided we were going to do was offer clients who were already retainer clients for things like video and, and B2B marketing. It's like, hey, if, if you're going to this, if you're gonna spend $10,000 to go to the convention and rent a booth, why not bring some goggles? You know, not even as expensive as your electricity bill for one of these conventions. Bring along the goggles, slap your brand on it, and develop you know your own content maybe it's a tour of your facilities or it's uh, put together the assembly line of your product and then you can have some giveaways right i think usb dongles are out now they're so 2005 right <laughs> but uh if if you if you take these slap your logo on it and you you put your you know content on it and you have some giveaways for that those people will never forget you and if, if you're in a B2B industry like lighting industry, like commercial lighting, we have a client out of Australia that does really high-end LED commercial lighting for university libraries and hospitals and stuff. And during the pandemic, their big issue was, and I'll say hi to Liz now in case uh, she's listening, Liz and George, uh, who, who run M-Light. It's a, it's a great company, fantastic. They I've, sent I've us- I've seen your video. You, you sent that- Oh, you saw the 3D the, animation the, one? Yeah, that's so cool. Thanks, Dave. That means a lot. Uh, oh, you can imagine, right? If you're just trying to sell that without the video, yeah, and and you're sending uh, segments that are like, you know, they're not cheap lights. Sending these segments out to buyers, right? Very specialist buyers. You're spending that money on giveaway anyway. But if if you could take like the the Guggenheim, which is the location that we pretended to shoot the 3D animation uh, video. For them, we take that location and then install their lights virtually. Um, any number of configurations, any number of light temperatures, any number of light levels. What lumens do you want? Is you know you can play around with it in an interactive way. You got a virtual showroom. Then send people the Oculus Quest. It's going to cost you 500 bucks for the for the Quest, but your content's loaded on there. They're never going to forget you, right? No, yeah. that's that's a great way of uh, of doing doing the kind of marketing for yeah. for something that I don't think a lot of people do that even now. No, not in not in North America yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a perfect way. You know, the the old adage of you got to spend money to make money. When you think about that type of relationship build that Ryan's talking about, where you know they're not going to forget you when when you're sending out a VR headset or Oculus or, or whatever it may be that is especially when it's loaded with your content that that's something that's that's not going to go away they're you're right they're not going to forget you 
one of the one of the reasons why I was really excited about having you on is partially that video that you just sent us about the and I'm kind of jumping a step here because okay. the phone app, the app that you sent, uh, you know, here guys, have a look at this. Right. I, I kind of want to get into your table. So like how you go from your uh, your goggles to the table and then from the table to this app that that I think is just killer. This is so fun, man. It's just forcing me to get really introspective about my life. Here's how that happened. 2MC is, is running rampant in the world of digital marketing. And one of our clients is a very big technology integrator. And they have very close ties with the government here. So if they're gonna buy x-ray machines for an airport, you know, these would be one of, this would be one of the companies on the tender lists, the preferred vendors for that. Right. And you know, those may come from Germany. So they have the relationship with the company from Germany, all the way down to chemical, biological, radiation, nuclear, explosives, detection equipment. And when, you know, we were working with them for two years, the owner, Kevin said to me, you know, it'd be really nice to be able to pull the data feeds from all of these things. You know, if you're in a bomb squad truck, you got all these high tech stuff from Germany, but they don't talk to each other and they don't report in a consolidated fashion. So it's a pain. So we said, okay, let's start a new company. We'll just build the software that pulls these things together because he had the relationships with all of the companies that made the little black boxes and they were only too happy to participate. You know, next thing you know, we're selling software to the air force here. Um, that's that started Skylar and then wasn't too long after that the the senior guys said hey we've heard about 3d hologram tables and we want one okay that was new to me and I didn't know is that <laughs> AR or is that a real hologram so um, you know we've got a guy that works for us Kevin Shipman he's an American guy and he's super great at procurement and he found one and the OEM is Euclidean holographics in Australia they got a very unique hologram table. I guess there's more than one out there, but the way theirs works is they have uh, sensors on these wearables, little tiny ball sensors, very small, discreet, but those sensors are being tracked by four cameras on the table. And so the first time I was like really skeptical, but put them on and I'm like, wow, like you said at the beginning, 70 centimeters in terms of virtual hologram height but it's also one meter down in depth. So if you've got a pit mine or something in Australia and you're flying drones over it every day, you can take volumetric measurements of how much aggregate's been extracted. You can see where your ukes are, where your trucks are, and there's little data streams coming off each one and you can interrogate those. So we were like, yes, this is it. So we got a demo table, shipped it over here, and then we realized, man, there's not much we can do with this software on board. Um, luckily, we work with Euclidean to create a Unity port, or often called a plugin or software development. Um, basically, a translator that talks to the table software and renders what uh, we design in Unity. Unity is fairly ubiquitous now. There's Unity, Unreal. These are the competing game engines for development. I was going to ask you about that. I saw on the demo that, that it was 
using Unity. Uh, yeah, Unity. I, I wasn't aware stuff. that that it was using it as as a a plugin to help translate, but that's something that we've been using a lot of uh, on our side of the XR thing. I, I don't know if you're familiar with with D3 in disguise and their platform for XR and VR, but you're using Unreal Engine, Unity, or Notch to create those environments. How, how much of that environment that you're building is built through Unity? There's the 3D component, right? The, the, phys- the virtually physical. And we, we use everything from Blender to, uh, I think the guys still use, um, well, we're moving more into mocap, motion capture for that, right? Okay. So there's, um, we'll actually have a call coming up later today with uh, the CEO of Holosuit out of India mm-hmm. and um, what they do is they have a complete motion capture uh, suit and they don't need the infrared tracking grid over top and so you can imagine if you're building something like a virtual reality trainer you don't want to have to become Hollywood and set up all this motion tracking stuff you just want the motion capture and it actually has haptic feedback too which is crazy mm-hmm. and, and this is this is new you know to me um, but to your point, you know, we're still creating 3D models, whether you motion capture them or you, you pull them up out of thin air in, in software. And then it's just a question of bringing them into Unity and adding the interactivity, the scripts, uh, whether you're doing that on Unreal or, or, or Unity. It's really a question of what the end quality you need is. If it's Hollywood, you're going to do it. You know, if you're doing Mandalorian, you're going to use Unreal. If you're uh, building something for architecture, where you maybe you don't need the photorealism, you're more concerned about the interior piping and stuff like that, Unity's fine. And we're gonna put, with your permission, and we're gonna put that link to that table demo uh, that you sent to us. Is it possible? Oh, cool. Yeah, we're gonna put that up on, on the podcast. No, that's Android only. We are developing an iPhone one. And right. I'll send you that when it's done. Yeah, but, but the that, one, that's what you just a, sent was just a link to the YouTube. Yeah. Okay, I'll send you the APK for Android. That, so you, sure. if you have an Android phone, you can check it out. Yeah. That that's yeah. really just a demo of what the table can do. Yeah. Uh, because it's so hard to get people in front of the table during the pandemic, right? But you, well, if you have, so who, um, that's a good question. Who owns the table? Is it your table? Are you are you putting yes. that out there? Or, okay. Yeah, we we have a, a solution called the Digital Twin Center. And that's a software hardware, obviously the table is the hardware, but a software hardware solution for the ACE industry, architecture, construction, engineering. Uh, you can also use it if you're building a smart city. It's a great control command center for the smart city. And then if you're in the military, we have a different flavor called the full view center. And that's for tabletop sand table exercises, um, you know, not so much first person shooter stuff, more like I'm going to move my jets over here. Uh, scenario A, will I run out of fuel? That type of thing. What you're about to hear is Ryan, Andrew, and Dave discussing the future of this particular product in the live events industry. That was intimidating radio voice, Dave. <laughs> Thanks. So this is, this is what Andrew and I were, were kind of going through a little bit is is there a way, and if you're the table owner, if, if we built a 3D model uh, in, in an architectural type software like an AutoCAD or Vectorworks or 
something. Can we send that to you to put in your table? Absolutely. Any 3D model, any format. We may need to send you one to test mm -hmm. sure. at some point. What we're, we're trying to think of, and I know probably if, if there are any competitors out there, please turn off the podcast at this particular moment. Um, but is to have a, a place where people can pre-visualize, whether it's a, a trade show, uh, a set, a rock concert. And there are embedded uh, tours that you can do inside architectural software now or WYSIWYG, uh, which is a, a fairly large uh, software package that deals with uh, lighting and, and trusses and set components and you can actually get them to to work real time for programming but mm -hmm. if uh, if we were to have something and this is going down your route of the phone the application where you could send your look to somebody and if if anybody gets a chance go to our website at www.there'snobusinesslikenobusiness.com look up this particular episode and grab that youtube video and have a look it's it's pretty incredible that you can put the table in your apartment in your office they've got a little demo of the one by the swimming pool and you actually are in control of this 3d environment through your phone and if you could send that to your client say this is how your set is going to this is what we foresee mm. uh, in this space in this arena how you're going to do it and you, you've got it all flagged and you know exit here entrance here yeah. fog that's a great here. idea that's a fantastic idea i guess it, it comes down to um the evolution of ar on the phone and it's come a little bit further faster on android phones so part of the process of creating this it's essentially a sales app, right? It's to get people in front of the table that we can't get in front sure. of the table. But during the process um, of developing it, I, they kept, you know, my guys kept going, do, you, do what do we want on the, on the, on the, in the scene? Like, do we want the bridge to go up? And I'm like, yeah, the bridge should go up. Like, what else can we do? We could have pirate sightings, you know, like all that stuff. And I said, well, what, what is the limit? Right, because that, that's based on a vessel tracking a solution that we made for the oil and gas industry and it's it's very cartoonish compared to what the real thing looks like but we wanted to exaggerate it because it's again it's a demo um, but they i kept pushing them and they were like how far do you want to go what do you want um how many scenes do you want and i said could we bring real live data in through the phone through this ar app and they're like absolutely the limit to what you can do is the limit to the processing on the phones and of course the system on a chip on, on a lot of mobile phones these days it's like you know more than all the processing power nasa had when they went to the moon so you can do a lot but to take it a step further we we work a lot with um nvidia and i gotta send shout out to jill wang who is um, business development for uh xr uh, in asia and um, she's, you know, the most connected person in the world. You should have her on your show. Most connected person in the world when it comes to XR. And, um, you know, they just, uh, NVIDIA just launched a new, uh, almost like, like XR as a service um, solution called Cloud XR. 
And what that allows you to do essentially is like a like these new gaming services where you may have a really cheap little weak computer, but you can log on to NVIDIA GeForce and you can Use play the most exactly. You're, you're distributing your, your GPU. Now you're distributing GPU for for XR. So you could, in theory, have a showroom with a little discrete, very powerful GPU PC. And then that's doing all the heavy lifting for the AR experience that everybody can just use their phone for. Right. That's Cloud XR. So that's that's probably where you know that journey would take you immediately in terms of having a solution like that 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 was as powerful as what you're talking about. Right. Well, that's that's uh, good to know. I think it's a, a good thing, perhaps that down the road you and I have a have another discussion uh, about this and where where we might be able to take it. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a simple hack that we could use. Like if if somebody put a gun to my head and said we got to do this by the end of the weekend, you know, um, that type of thing, it wouldn't be the most efficient. But <clears throat> the path, the critical path would be we use something like a free software like Storyboarder. Uh, Storyboarder allows you to make beautiful storyboards, like like Disney level. Um, pre-renderings of what you want to do. And we use that, in fact, on the M-Lite uh, 3D animation. I, I had, like, way too many beers and did all the storyboarding myself in one night with the VR goggles on because you can essentially put these on and then click uh, Storyboard Generator, I think. It's a feature. And with this is all free stuff. You're now in your 3D environment, and you're now placing light sources you're turning them up, turning them down. You're placing cameras, and it's it's a real virtual uh, environment, as big as you want. <clears throat> and then you're just taking snapshots of this, and you can put people there, you know, really nice-looking neutral dummies. But you can have a big dummy, small dummy, and then you're maneuvering their joints to get what you want, or you just go boom, and now you're motion capturing their joints to get what you want. So you can get a dummy going like this, really easy you know, um, touching their face, whatever, and then capturing 2D stills of that for your storyboard set. So you could lay out very roughly the setup that you're, that you're after and then send the file to my 3D guy who could then take that, build it in whatever he needs to build it in. And then our Unity guy would build a version of that in an AR app. AR is probably the cheapest most, I should say cost-effective. It's the most cost-effective XR uh, out there. So if you if you wanted to do it in VR and you wanted, you know, obviously you want to have it working on the Oculus Quest, on the Vive and all that stuff, that's a little pricier. But AR is easiest to execute by far. Well, that's exciting stuff. I, I'm looking forward to, to further conversations and uh, to be able Absolutely. to see it on the phone. The, uh, I'm, I'm an iPhone guy. I think Andrew, you're, uh, you're I'm Android. You're Android, so so Andrew could uh, he could have a look at it first. I, I had clients that just didn't didn't like me owning an iPhone, so I had to switch it up. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, might have something to do with Android, but we'll we'll uh, leave it there. Could be. Could be. Could be. So where where do you see that going from your side? Where where are you uh, hoping to take this technology? Uh, we really want to do more virtual reality full virtual reality stuff again because there's there's these new you know things that 
that are coming to be that are that are soon to be parallel like the hollow suit with haptic feedback gaming is really driving it uh, there's all these things driving these things into convergence and the convergence is you're going to well the the simple analogy is have you seen the film ready player one yes yes spielberg film about gaming yep. so that's where it's going that that in fact in, if you really shelled out you have that now so it's a question of how do you commercialize a title for that, right? No, we're not in a AAA gaming. We're not going to go after the, the gaming market. So we're after let's help police run through active shooter training, uh, run through more scenarios faster, get more experience in that uh, for far less money than they would shell out in ammo and actors and all that stuff uh, in the real world. So. We're after commercial applications that use all of these things together. Today I'm shouting out Rock Creek Seafood and Spirits. We bumped into it while looking for a good place to have brunch in the Seattle area. The restaurant had a warm lodge feel and I noticed photos on the wall of the Northwest Mountain countryside. It was at that moment I realized that this must somehow be related to the Rock Creek Ranch in Montana, a place I stayed a few years ago and had the most incredible experience. The food was amazing there and I hoped it would be the same here. After confirming that indeed the owners of the ranch also owned the Seattle restaurant, I went ahead and ordered knowing that they only served the best food made with the best ingredients. I wasn't let down. So if you're in the area and looking for a casual place for brunch or dinner, please check them out. They're located at 4300 Fremont Avenue. And make sure you make reservations at rockcreekseattle.com. You know, obviously the technology is there and it's only improving. But to be able to have a setup where, you know, everyone knows that the Mandalorian or most people know that the Mandalorian is shot with with an LED set and to be able to go to, say, our corporate clients and say, look, we're going to send you a link and you're just going to be able to walk through the environment that you're, you, we've built for you is a phenomenal feature. To me, that is very much like, you know, you talking about the, the goggles, being able to give somebody a set of goggles and say, our content's on it, have a look. And, the, and by the way, the goggles are yours. For us to be able to say, we built your environment. This is what it's going to look like live. Just click the link and you'll be able to walk through it on your phone is a fantastic idea. And, and it really, in my mind, it comes down to the money allocation. You know, I, obviously, if you're, if you're putting that much money into development for a sales tool, what's your, what's your return on that? Yeah. You better make sure all your sets look exactly the same. Yeah, show that would up, help. Show up, show. <laughs> yeah, but you hit on it, Dave. I mean, if you want to invest in something like that, you want it as variable, like as much like a Swiss Army knife as possible. Yeah. You know, at least that's project management wise, how we approach all of our solutions is how do you get the most bang for your buck? It couldn't be just, hey, we've now built uh, a static AR app, like the one that, that I sent the video of, because uh, my team could go in and replace that scene quite easily. But, you know, that, that's not something we're going to hand off to a client uh, for them to change. But I think that, um, you know, what you're going to find is even if you set out now with a significant budget and you said, I want to create an AR app that's going to be just for lighting 
designers. Um, and I want to be able to modify it myself without any programming skills, drag and drop stuff, right? And all the client would need to do is say, find a five meter by five meter open space. And then I'll take care of these things off in the distance in the foreground and visualize it for them. I think you would find that very quickly you would want to go full VR. You would want the unlimited processing power almost comparatively to the phone. The phone's a system on a chip designed for mobile device. These things now, the Gen 2 stuff like the Oculus Quest 2, that is a system on a chip designed for virtual reality. And, and what that gives you more than just processing power is also you've got, you've got these things, these controllers, right? And you can have the client maneuver things. Like I like it, but I want it to be like this, you know, and tilt things or, or change things themselves. And you know, the controllers are not even mandatory now. I can, uh, with the forward facing cameras on my older Oculus Quest, I can use my hands. So I can articulate you know, little ghost hands and I can grab stuff and interact with them. Then when you get into haptic feedback gloves and things, you're gonna have so much more rich engagement that <clears throat> um, a strictly phone look and see type of application would, would be impressive maybe the first time through. Then you'd be like, okay, I don't like it. Can you change it? And then they would pass it back to you to change it. Versus if you had your own VR application and they could be in there at the same time with you and Dave, right? And they could be like, I don't like, what about if we, and you just move it, right? In real time, your, your collaborative environment is what the power of, of the VR component of XR gives you. I think the only problem with that is, is that a lot of these sales pitches happen in the lobby bar and it's much easier yeah. to hand the phone over to the client as totally opposed to some it. goggles or haptic feedback gloves. I think then the bartender totally just looks at you like, what, what is yeah. going on? I think it'd be cool to, to like, if you're in the lobby bar or at a restaurant with the client and you pull out your phone and you put the table, your VR table on the floor in front of where you're sitting and hand your client the phone and say, there's your set in 3D or there's your building, whatever you're selling. Have a look and see what you think. Well, just, it just occurred to me that like what you guys are talking about is not so much, like I'm thinking really grand here. Yep. Let's have like, you move the phone around and you're looking around at, at, at a scale, one-to-one -one scale of the lighting set, but that's maybe not required, right? You're saying if you just had a, a, a plane it could be a table, it could be just a flat plane, and then you're building a model of the lighting set there to display, right? Yeah. So you've got kind of like an omnipotent view of the, of the lighting set. It's on. not just the lighting, it would be the set itself. It would be the whole, be the, the whole It would experience. be like the arena. Like if yeah. you walk into got a it. name your band weekend, oh, let's get, let's the weekend. weekend. Yeah, let's take the weekend. Bring goes it back out. to the weekend. And, okay, so you imagine you imagine your table with the stadium where they just had the Super Bowl, and the weekend says this totally is doable. what I want, and so yeah, you totally can build doable. that in 3D, and and the everybody could stand around in a room and just look at it. Yeah, that's yeah. So take cool. about a week on the outside. There you go. Sold. Yeah. I'll take a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> a baker's dozen. Well, it, you know, to, to, to optimize that uh, workflow, especially, you know, in the days of remote work, it'd be great if you guys had 
you know, we just settle on what software you're going to use to 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 mock it up, right? Yeah. So that we could get it so that you're working the same software that my guys are going to yeah. then take it and put it into Unity. That's something that can totally be done. And in fact, that's probably the most commercially viable application of AR that that I've heard of. That right there is like, because you're not Shh, you're not. Be very quiet. Yeah, okay. Did I very quiet. I forgot I check the NDA before I said that. You know, there's a developer hurdle in making it for the iPhone. So you've got these long delays while Apple reviews your application before it's available. And um, we actually, we, we made the AR application at the behest of my good buddy, um, Corey Weissman out of Beverly Hills. And Corey is the, the partner selling the table in the US market. So he's, uh, he's doing a bang up job too. And he said, you know, it's so easy to talk about the table, but it's so hard, I know, for people to visualize it. It would be great if we had something like this. And he had another technology called Ecopod, and they showed me the AR app, and I said, yeah, we can do that. And so that's, you know, it was, it was made at his behest. And his, his feedback after we sent him the final Android app, and, and we, we said, like, we're going to build it in Android. Are you okay with that? He said, yeah. And immediately said, I needed an iPhone now. <laughs> Because <laughs> I want to send Never it to everybody. Enough, yeah, yeah. So, so that's fine, and we're doing that right now. Um, but it's two weeks to submit something, and then it's at least a two-week review process. So it's like a month by the time you finish something in iPhone, and then it's relevant. So it would right. be, you know, if you, if you're saying I'm pitching for this thing, I've got like I don't know a week to put together my version of what I think the Rolling Stones concert should be like in Madison Square Gardens then you've got to build in that time if you plan to send them the app to use because most people sure. in the US are using an iPhone. But if you're saying, look, I, I want a really fast turnaround the same day if I send you the model for Android and I'm going to do it myself on a really powerful Android phone in the hotel lobby, then that's a viable, that's, that's completely viable right now. Right, so, so the app itself that's going on the iPhone, is it actually has to contain the model right that's what you're nodding yes so yes. so if i ask you to do one it's another whole process of creating yet another it's not actually using your table virtually it's not connecting to your table it's actually just looking at something that you built and loaded up into the apple as the app on apple so steel wheels tour that's that's the app or is the or is the phone app connecting to the table remotely as a matter of fact it does so you can you can externalize video feeds from the real table onto your phone or onto the screen in the background uh, or on multiple screens but from the perspective of the use case that you are talking about for an AR app um, it we built that in I think it was total time frame was like two weeks um, and that includes the interface, the platform, everything. The model was a very small part of that. So if you said, hey, we want to use the same everything, change the logo, uh, maybe change the color of the buttons, and get rid of the table, we just want a, a, a neutral flat plane that looks cool on its own maybe, and then we're going to place our lighting models on there, that's, that's easy. You know, I, I don't want to say it's too easy, but it's, uh, it's, it's, that's doable. That's, that's a realistic project right there. Easy to people who are listening now, that means cheap, inexpensive. So it can't yeah, be. I, and I, 
Yeah, it's, it's not that easy. It's, yeah, it's not, not that, that easy. easy. Cheap and good. Pick one. Well, we we need to we need to throw something to you to to say here. You know, render this up and let's have a look and see what we can do on, yeah. on at least. Um, I, I have one last question before we kind of do a, a little wrap up here because we are are going a little long. I my question is in your demo that I watched and I believe it was at Hong Kong Harbor. Yeah. Is that correct? Okay. So one, one of, of the boats that was in the harbor uh, was the Ever Given. Was that a yeah. joke? Yeah, totally. Okay. okay. Uh, the the <laughs> Ever Given, and there's a problem. How come it didn't get stuck in Hong Kong Harbor? <laughs> well, that, the, that wasn't the boat that you see. It's just one of the boats in the dashboard. Yeah. And yeah, if yeah. you know, like the very last boat was called the Melrose 90210. Like there was a few oh, little okay, okay. <laughs> egg, Easter eggs in there. You just, yeah, just leave a little gift. Yeah, we, we always like to have fun when we're doing this stuff. Speaking of fun, we want to give you a chance to do your shout-out now. As we oh. always say that at the end of our show, we ask our guest to come up with a restaurant, bar, somewhere in North America that they would love to... We didn't even touch on your traveling because your traveling is insane and what you're doing now or whatever. We got so carried away with the table. But can you give us a place that we can shout out for you uh, on our podcast website uh, i'm happy to yeah well I, I the sound of your voice is so soothing dave i, I get hypnotized it's the, it's the ride the, uh, it's okay that, that that'll you keep listening well, well if you like if you like bourbon um and you're you're on you know the the pioneer trail going across from from the east coast all the way through to wyoming um that, that you can still see the ruts in the ground there they go right through what used to be uh, a town before the railroad came through, Saratoga, Wyoming. And I got, you know, really, I fell in love with Saratoga. And I spent a lot of time just outside of Saratoga in this uh, cabin, rustic cabin. We were working on the Cocktail Cool bartender book and uh, really fell in love with this place called the Hotel Wolf or the Wolf Hotel. And that's downtown, uh, Saratoga population, like 2,500. So it's not a huge town on the... Uh, shores of the Platte River, the North Platte River to be exact, and uh, a really historical town. So there's, um, you know, your Wild West, like this is a real Wild West town, and the Hotel Wolf is, uh, dates back to the Gilded Age. It's, it's one of the oldest businesses in that area, and it's still open, and you still get a great steak and a beer or, or a whiskey, and uh, it's, it's kind of in a little cluster with a, a lot of nice um, other bar restaurant type things and um yeah shout out to the hotel wolf on uh, 101 east bridge avenue saratoga and uh friends there in the saratoga area um scott and michelle and uh, if you're going through wyoming go for it yeah i think the longest private runway is just outside of town actually so they they, they do have like a the getaway for some of the the big shots in the states, and um, you know, I think I think the Kardashians have something out there now. There's there's a really uh, uh, upscale lodge type area. They're called Old Now Baldi. I'm definitely not going. I mean, definitely going. No, Saratoga is totally down to earth. Saratoga will be available on your AR table fairly soon. Yeah. I believe you're going to make one, and you're going to show us. We oh, can just man. get our goggles. We could virtually go for a drink there. With you, if with I even space. suggested that we made a virtual reality Saratoga, <laughs> I would never be allowed to go back to Saratoga. 
<laughs> the, the natives would just be like, no, get out <laughs> of here. There you go. Excellent. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. We're at the 73 oh, minute mark or something like that, which is uh, way past my bedtime. But uh, it's well, nice. it is past your bedtime. But I'm I'm actually in my seven year old's room recording this, so it's probably time for him to go to it's bed. It's past his bedtime, <laughs> and you're just getting up and at it. So uh, so Ryan, you're uh, you're good. You got your coffee with your Jameson in it, and, and you're good for yep. the day. So thanks again. Uh, it was great information. Great to hear from you. Great to see you again. And yeah. uh, wish you all Pleasure. the best with this. I'm sure that we'll we'll be talking at some point. Uh, Love to. And yeah. if you guys are ever in Bali, you know. Give me a shout. You got a place to stay in Jakarta. Whoa. Excellent. Sounds fantastic. Thanks, Ryan. I'm just going to uh, mute you and close up with Andrew. You can stick around and listen to stupidity or okay. or you can do what get most people do and just get going with it. <laughs> I'm just going to go refill my drink and I'll be back. <laughs> there you go. All right. Enjoy. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you very much, Ryan. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. That is one mitt full of information, I say, that... Uh, it's too much. It's, it's too, too much. much. I had so much that I that I needed to ask, and and apart from you cutting me off, I, I it wasn't just that. It was the fact that there's no way we could have fit that into two hours. Well, there has to be real conversation as well. So every now and then I have to I have to jump in. Rich, and yeah, ask, gotta, ask, ask a real you down, question. Man. You can't just keep saying uh 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 uh. <laughs> uh but I think uh, I think you and I can have uh, further discussions uh, about this and and just love to see what Ryan Ryan could do. Yeah. I know I've got about a buck 75 left in my slush fund for the last year. So uh you know, we'll see see if he can do something for maybe 75 cents, 80 cents and I'm good to go. You know, I'll I'll throw in a quarter US. That'll put you over a dollar. Yes, sir. <laughs> but it's been our Canadians been edging up, I tell you. I don't doubt it. I don't yeah. doubt it. And one thing I forgot to ask you that it's just been bugging me from last, uh, we recorded uh, Karen on Monday and I said that happy Easter shout out, but I was ignorant in not asking you, is there an American Easter and a Canadian Easter or, or are no, they both the on same. the same day? There you go. It's the same. It's the, the only thing that's truly, you know, fucked up is, is, uh, oh, first swear oh, word. Sorry, explicit. <laughs> uh, the, the only one's Thanksgiving and, uh, I, I, I'm still not too sure why that I've, I've read it a couple times, but yeah. I, I, I haven't been able to keep the memory as to why they're different. That's yeah. And I was only kidding about the Easter thing. I know there's no difference between Eastern Canada and Eastern you in the Don't US. lie to me. Don't, Don't lie to me. You're busted. You just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a loss. Everybody seeing as Andrew's at a loss and I am ready for bed. We're going to call it quits and I hope you have had a good listen and uh, we look forward to doing a couple more of these next week. We're, we're busy beavers. I tell you. That's right. We're rolling out. along. We're rolling along and this was fantastic, Dave. Uh, the the change up to the evening uh, was was quite nice. Yeah, Friday night. I bet you there's a lot of people around here at this house who think it's a great idea that I do something <laughs> like this on a Friday night, especially the people who've been working all week long. So, Dave, yeah. are you coming to bed? <laughs> you got it. Okay, Andrew, great talking to you. Great talking to Ryan. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Dave. Yeah, you too. Ciao. Bye. Well, Andrew, again, I'd say that's a wrap. We want to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their experiences. 
We would also really like to thank you, the listener, for your time and support of this podcast. And don't forget that we're all in it together. So help out where you can and support everyone going through tough times right now. We hope to see everybody back on the road soon. See you later.